I want to start off by asking you to think of the worst thing that could ever happen in your life. I know, super encouraging way to start a message, but hang with me, okay? The worst thing that could ever happen in your life, and if you could have one person pray for you as you face that thing, who would that be? Now, I know not everyone who is here today believes in a God who hears or answers prayer, but even among people who are, uh, appear to be the most unbelieving in hard times, they often turn to or are at least open to prayer. So if you, if you don't believe, I, I, I get it, but if you do believe or if you actually did, who would you want to pray for you? Might be a family member or a friend, maybe a well-known pastor around the world who seems to be right in tune with God, could be a small group leader, a Sunday school teacher, a, a pastor from your past or present. I know in my own life, there's a handful of people that rise to the top of, of that list when I need someone to pray for me. But if I could have only one person pray for me when I face the most difficult parts of life, that person would be Jesus. And the great news is, church, Jesus does pray for me. He did pray for me, and he prays for you as well. So today I want to talk to us about how Jesus prays for us. If you're new here, my name's Jeff Manis. I'm the lead pastor, and uh, I am so glad that you are here today because I believe God has a special message for us today, for everyone, whether it's live in the auditorium or on a video screen somewhere. Thanks so much uh, for being here. We're, we're in a series called Fences, Living Beyond the Boundaries. And in this series, we're actually talking about what it looks like to live beyond, even tear down some fences we've created in life that keep us us from living in the wide open expanse of life that God has for us, what Jesus called life to the fullest. It's, part, it's, the, it's the first part of our vision at Element. We exist to guide people to experience life to its fullest, to connect them into meaningful relationships and make a lasting impact. And last week, we uh, talked about how, how we need to live beyond the boundaries with our time, making the most of every opportunity. And we gave out some custom rulers last week. The rulers won't make sense unless you heard or watched the message. So I uh, encourage you to go back to our website, our new website, by the way, elementchurch.life. You can watch our sermons, listen to them on our podcast. There's, I believe, some rulers available out at the Next Steps wall if you want one. The first week of the series, we talked about what it looks like to live a significant life. Really, we talked about what it looks like to live beyond the boundaries together as God's church. A large portion of that message I spent talking about one of the fences we're tearing down as a church now by adding a new worship experience, going from three to four worship experiences that all starts on Sunday, October 14th. I'll continue reminding you about that until we get there. On that Sunday, we're also launching a sermon series I am thrilled about that's built around a book that God led me to write and will be releasing during the series called My Declaration, A Challenge for Men to Rise Up. Now, yes, the series and the book is targeted towards men, uh, but we're going to be challenged and inspired and the things are applicable to everyone regardless of your gender. However, I do believe our world is in desperate need of men, not men in quantity, but men in character. I believe God put something within us when we were born. 
It might still lie there dormant and ready to rise. And so in the series, through the book, we're going to challenge everyone to rise up and live in that character that our world needs through the God-given purpose and power that we already have. The new service times are on the screens there. Uh, make, make a mental note of that. Write it down, 8, 30, 10, 11, 30 a.m., and then keeping our 6 p.m. service as well. And we'll remind you about it the next several weeks with some invite cards coming your way as well. Be praying for that, if you would. That brings us to today. We typically plan our sermons and our worship experiences weeks in advance, and we had this Sunday planned out literally weeks ago. Today, I had a whole different message already planned out that was going to coincide with the fact that we gave all of our production and worship volunteers the day off. So the only people helping out on the platform or with our presentation are staff members today. If you're a regular attender, Jared mentioned it earlier, you might have noticed things were quite a bit different than what they normally are. We, we really scaled back our worship and our presentation. I was going to use that as a part of my sermon, but God had a different plan. He shook some things up this week. On Tuesday morning, I was spending time with God as I try to do every single morning in his word and through his word, he gave me what I felt was a specific message for our staff. I mentioned to you in the first week of the series, there has just been on our staff a heaviness, a cloud, a weight uh, that, that sits upon us. And I, I am in no way looking for sympathy. I'm not trying to over-spiritualize what's going on. There is, if there's just an increase of pressure and pain on our team, spiritually, even physically, emotionally, there's some relational things going on, and it's just, it's heavy on the team and even extending into some of our, our family members as well. So I shared the word God gave me with our staff, and uh, after I shared that, one of our pastors said, there's some volunteers on my team facing very similar things. Another staff member kind of agreed with that, and I felt like that was God's confirmation that he wanted me to share with our entire church what he impressed upon my heart this past Tuesday that I shared with our team. I don't often deviate from a plan for a Sunday, but when the Holy Spirit leads and when God speaks, I want to always follow him, amen? And so I'm just following where the Spirit's going today, which by the way, I'm the first one to admit that for some of you, especially if you're here and you are not a believer, it might sound weird when I say things like the Holy Spirit leads or God speaks or spiritual attack so I understand if those things sound weird or out there to you. I'm not apologizing for that. I just want to acknowledge that for you that might, that might sound weird and that's okay. I also want you to know that, that uh, you're welcome and invited to be a part of our church. Even if that sounds so weird to you that you can't possibly believe in it, you're still uh, welcome to be a part of our church. I just need everyone to know today. And I feel like I just need to declare these things over our church and over this room today. That regardless of what happens in our lives and regardless of how we feel, we fully believe that there is a God and he is alive in this place today. He is a good God. He is sovereign over all things. He is for us and not against us. He loves us unconditionally and without question. And not only is he a God who hears us, but he answers our prayers as well. And he is with us regardless of what we face in this life. 
So we are confident in our God, we are standing with our God, and we trust in our ever-loving God. However, that doesn't take away the, the weight or the hurt that we feel. That still exists even though we trust in God because there is a very real enemy against us. His name is Satan. He hates God with a passion and because he cannot get to God, he turns his attention to God's children. And for some reason, it just seems like the enemy has turned his attention, his focus, his attack towards our church right now towards our staff, our volunteers, and probably many of you in the room today. I just, just know it. I can feel it. And so I just feel like God wants me to speak some life into that today. Is that okay? If I just speak some life into that? If I speak light into the darkness, if you will, as we sang? If you got your Bibles, turn to John 17, verses 1 through 26. That's our main scripture for today, John 17, 1 through 26. All the scriptures that we read will be on the screens. If you don't own a Bible, we'll give you one for free. So don't worry. Ask for one at guest services. We'll give you one free of charge. John is the fourth book in the New Testament portion of the Bible. Matthew, Mark, Luke, then John. It was written by the disciple, one of the 12 disciples whose name is John. And John in this, John 17, he records the longest prayer in scripture from Jesus himself. It was a prayer for the disciples, yes, but it was also a prayer for everyone who would believe in Jesus. Did you know Jesus prayed for you? He prayed for you. It's amazing to me. I've just been so overwhelmed by that reminder this week. In fact, John 17, verse 20, in the middle of his prayer, Jesus said this to the Father, I'm praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. Pray for us. Which, by the way, this, this blew me away, this reminder. This prayer Jesus prayed, he prayed it on the night that he would be arrested and eventually crucified for our sins. Talk about living outside your fence. Like Jesus had every reason, even every right to be consumed with himself in that moment. He was about to face the worst possible thing in his life. And yet on his way to the cross, he paused to pray for us. Wow. Wow. The context and content of this prayer, I think, is very appropriate to what many people are facing today. And there were four things that stood out to me in this prayer that I felt led to start praying over our staff and our church as a whole. For those of you who believe in Jesus, I would challenge you to start praying these four three things with me. Some of our staff is also taking one day a week to fast while we pray these four things through the start of the fourth service. If you want to join us in that, you can. But there's four things. Here in John 17, these disciples were about to face the most difficult season of their life. Like it was the worst possible thing that was about to happen. Because Jesus, 
their friend, their leader, their best friend, this man they had given the last three years of their life to, this man who they believed was the the long-awaited Messiah, the King of the Jews, this man who gave sight to the blind and hearing to the deaf and strength to the paralyzed and life to the dead, this man who loved the unlovable and gave a home to the unacceptable was about to be arrested, tortured, beaten to within an inch of his life, nailed to a cross where he would die. And yes, three days later, he would rise from the dead. But even after his resurrection, these disciples were about to face trials and sorrows of many kinds. In fact, the last verse of John 16, John 16, 33, Jesus told these disciples right before his prayer says this, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here in the world, you will have many trials and sorrows. That was the inspiration to the Standing on Your Promises song that we sang earlier. But take heart, because I have overcome the world. Which, by the way, the all this, when Jesus said, I've told you all this, the all this he was referring to is basically everything from chapter 13 through chapter 16 in the Gospel of John. It was the final conversation he would have with his disciples before being led away to the cross. I would challenge you to read those chapters on your own this week. It is not all rainbows and roses. Like there's some amazing promises in those chapters, but the promises are kind of clouded out by some not so encouraging things. In fact, in this final conversation Jesus had, he predicted that Judas, one of the 12 disciples, would betray him to his death. He he told them again, I'm going to be arrested, tortured, and killed at the hands of the Romans because of the Jewish leaders. Peter heard that and said, Lord, I'm ready to die with you. And Jesus said, die with me, Peter? Before you get your first cup of coffee in the morning, you will deny three times that you even know me. He said, the world will hate you because of me. Your loved ones will turn against you. Bad things will happen to you. He even promised, John 16, you'll have many trials and sorrows. Many trials and sorrows. That's not a promise we often claim, by the way. <laughs> but it's a promise nonetheless. Trials and sorrows are coming, friends. And after he said all that, says this in John 17, 1. After saying all these things, Jesus looked up to heaven and he prayed. He prayed. Imagine being one of the 12 disciples or the 11. Judas had already left to go betray Jesus. 11 remained. They had to be shell-shocked at what they just heard, completely unprepared for what they were about to face. And here within earshot of these Disciples, Jesus prays over them and over us a beautiful prayer, born from what he had just told them. I don't know why, but I'd never actually seen this prayer in the context of suffering and pressure and pain before, but that's where it was born from. And this week, as I'm feeling some of that myself or more so, as, I've seen, as I'm watching some people I love in my circle walk through pressure and pain and suffering. God used the prayer of Jesus to speak some encouraging things to me. And I just want to share those with you. Here's the big idea that I hope encourages us today. It's on the screens. In my problems and in my pain, Jesus is present 
and he already prayed. Isn't that encouraging? In my problems and in my pain, it's, it's, that's coming. It's part of life. The encouraging part is Jesus is present. He's there. He's with us. And he's already prayed. So do you want to know what Jesus prayed for? I do. That's the big question for today. What has Jesus prayed for us? What has Jesus prayed for us? We're jumping into the middle of his prayer. The first part, he mentioned he prayed for himself. He mentioned some general things about his father and his relationship. And then in verse 9, he starts praying for us and for the disciples. John 17, 9 through 11 says this, My prayer is not for the world, but for those you have given me, because they belong to you. All who are mine belong to you, and you have given them to me, so they bring me glory. Now I'm departing from the world. They are staying in this world, but I'm coming to you. Holy Father, you've given me your name. Now protect them by the power of your name. Jesus prayed for our protection. That's the first thing I want us to see today. He prayed for our protection. And I know that some of you might be thinking, if Jesus prayed for our protection, it's not working real well in my life, then he can stop praying, right? That's why we've got to understand this is so much more than a physical protection. It's more than just keeping bad things from happening to us. I, I think we should pray for protection. I, it's, it's okay to pray for physical, emotional, relational protection. I pray for protection all the time for my family, my friends, my loved ones, myself. I pray it for you, our congregation in the church, that God would protect us. But ultimately, ultimately, Jesus was not praying that we would be free from problems in this life. Remember, he already promised they were coming. So Jesus was not praying. The protection he prayed for was not that we be free from problems, but that our faith would be full in the midst of them. Church, more than I want your life to be free from problems, and I want that, there are some people in my circle that I am begging God to change their situation, the problem they are in. But more than I want us to be free from problems, I want our faith to be full in the midst of them. Because they're coming. They're coming. In this conversation that Jesus was having, he actually promised us that he would send his Holy Spirit. Which is great news because I cannot have a full faith without the help of the Holy Spirit of Jesus in my life. He said to the disciples, I'm, I'm leaving soon, but I'm going to send my Holy Spirit to you. And in John 16 verse 1, he said this, I have told you these things about the Holy Spirit so that you won't abandon your faith. I know there are people you are going through trials and sorrows of many kinds and you are questioning, should I even believe anymore? And Jesus prayed that you wouldn't abandon your faith, that you'd be protected by the power of the Holy Spirit. That in my problems, in my pain, Jesus is present, he's with me and he already prayed and one of his prayers was for our protection. So Jesus, I'm asking you, would you protect us today? 
It'd be great if you took our problems away. But more than that, Jesus, we ask you to fill up our faith in the midst of them. I pray that for those I love who are facing difficult times. That you'd not abandon your faith. Don't give up, church. Don't give up. Verse 13, Jesus then prayed this. Now I'm coming to you, Father. I told them many things while I was with them in this world so they would be filled with my, what? Joy. Isn't that good? Jesus, number two, prayed for our joy. He prayed for my joy. And listen, the only way I can have joy in the midst of problems and pain is if my faith is still full in spite of it. And joy, by the way, is not an emotion. Joy is a condition of the heart. Joy is not based on my circumstances or surroundings. Joy is based on my salvation rooted in my Savior who does not change. That in this world, I will have trouble, but I will take heart. I can have joy because my Jesus has overcome this world. Think about it. Jesus prayed for our joy. Not just that we would find some here and there as we walk through this life, but we'd be filled with joy no matter what happens in life. Again, John 15, 11, after talking about the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, I've told you these things so that you'll be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. The joy Jesus wants you to have is not based on what you get in this life. It's based on what you have in the next life. It's his joy, not an earthly joy. So God, I'm, I'm joining Jesus in this prayer. And I'm asking you, Jesus, for people I love who need some joy, that your Holy Spirit would fill us up with your joy, Jesus. Fill us up. Not so we can smile more but so that we have strength to endure. Nehemiah, in the Old Testament book of Nehemiah, chapter eight, verse 10, Nehemiah said to God's people, don't be dejected, don't be sad, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. That in my problems and in my pain, Jesus is present and he's already prayed. So what did he pray for? He prayed for our protection, prayed for our joy. Verses 14 through 19, he continues, I've given them your word, and the world hates them because they do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but to keep them safe from the evil one. They do not belong to this world any more than I do. Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. Just as you sent me into the world, I'm sending them into the world. And I give myself as a holy sacrifice for them so they can be made holy by your truth. The third thing Jesus prayed for in the midst of our problems and pain, number three is this, he prayed for our holiness. He prayed for our holiness. I believe we are most vulnerable to lowering our priorities or abandoning our standards when we are walking through the worst pain. When we are the weakest, the enemy attacks the most. 
And so in problems and pain, I might be tempted to abandon lower my standards. And knowing the pain the disciples were about to endure, knowing the problems they would be required to face, even looking ahead into all believers' lives and knowing what we would have to endure, Jesus did not pray that our problems would go away. He prayed we'd remain faithful to him through it. That we would be in the world, yes, sharing his gospel of love and mercy and grace and forgiveness, but that we would not be of the world partaking in its sinfulness. That we would rise above that, not lower our standards in the midst of it. So I'm joining Jesus on his prayer. And I'm praying for you, church, for your holiness. And I'm asking you to pray for mine. Would you do that? Pray for my holiness. Listen, holiness is not something we achieve. I can't earn holiness. Holiness is something we receive. But once we receive it, our life should revolve around it. And Jesus wants us to live in his holiness, and he gave us the avenue to get there, a full surrender to his Holy Spirit. Every nook and cranny, every part of my life surrendered alone to the Holy Spirit. In my problems and in my pain, Jesus is present and he already prayed. So what's he prayed? He he prayed for our protection, our joy, and our holiness. And then verse 23, he says this, I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. The fourth thing, the last thing I was encouraged by, number four is this, Jesus prayed for our unity. He prayed for our unity. Listen, when, when any group or organization or family or church faces pressure or stress or weight or pain or problems, When that happens to any group, organization, family, or church, that can either deepen their unity or divide them. And Jesus, knowing what the disciples were about to face, the worst possible thing that could ever happen in their life, he understood that and prayed for their unity. Now listen, we misunderstand unity. Unity does not mean we can't disagree. That's not what unity is. Unity means we will not be divided. You get that? Unity does not mean we can't disagree. It means we will not be divided. It's part of human nature to disagree, right? We don't agree on everything, and that actually makes us this wonderful tapestry of God's creation. That's both inside and outside the church. But inside the church, specifically Element Church, I'm going to throw out a few things here. We're not always going to agree. We are not going to agree on how we should do church, how many services we should have, how loud the music should be or not be, what songs we should or shouldn't sing, what curriculum to use in eKids, what programs to promote or put into our church's life. We are not going to agree, but that's okay. Unity does not mean we can't disagree. It means we will not be divided. 
And the devil knows, gang, he knows if he can divide the church, he will derail it from accomplishing God's mission. And so can I make one more declaration in this place today? As a church and as Christians in this church, there are going to be times that we disagree and that's okay. But by the name of Jesus and the power of his Holy Spirit, we will not be divided in this place. So Jesus, would you make us one as you and the Father are one? And when the outside world looks at how unified we are, I pray it would be a testimony to your power and greatness in this place. That in my problems and in my pain, Jesus is present and he already prayed. It just boggles my mind that Jesus took time to pray for me and you. So would you just bow your heads for a moment and start reflecting with me? I don't know who needed this word today, but I did. I believe our team did. And you may not be in a season of pain or problems right now, but you, you either know someone who is or it's coming soon for you. Because in this world, we will have many trials and sorrows, but we can take heart because our Jesus has overcome this world. So if you're, if you're, just, if you're here today and you would say, yeah, this this like, this landed on me, and I'm, I'm going to join you in prayer, and I want prayer. Would you just raise your hand right where you're at? I'm going to join you in this. I just need prayer. Raise your hand right where you're at, all over this place, all over this place. God, I'm asking you right now, in the name of Jesus, I'm joined in your prayer. God, would you give us protection, not from problems, but in our faith, Lord, that we'd not abandon our faith, but we filled with it. Lord, give us joy, not based on circumstances, but based on our salvation in you. Lord, give us holiness that we would not abandon our standards in our pain. Lord, give us unity that we will not always agree, but we also will not be divided. Lord, I'm, I'm joining Jesus in this prayer, in his name. Amen. Do you know that Jesus actually hasn't stopped praying? It's one thing to say he prayed, but he's still praying. Hebrews 7.25 says that, that Jesus lives forever to intercede for those who believe. He's right now praying for you. I think those four things are continually being lifted up on your behalf. Then look how Jesus closes this prayer. This again just blew me away. Father, I want these whom you've given me to be with me where I am. Jesus prayed for you to be in heaven with him. Then they can see all the glory you gave me because you loved me before the world began. Oh, righteous father, the world doesn't know you, but I do. And these disciples know you sent me. I've revealed you to them and I will continue to do so. Then your love for me will be in them and I will be in them. And friends, it, it just boggles my mind that on the way to face his own death, Jesus paused and prayed about my eternal life. And he prayed for yours too. And you might be here today and you need to know that if you don't believe in Jesus, your destination is not with him forever, but it can be. 
and he actually prayed that it would be. And you might ask, well, how does that happen? How do, I, how do I know Jesus? How can he live in my heart? How can I be with him forever? Well, Jesus actually tells us at the first part of his prayer, I left this part out. The very first thing he said, John 17, verse three, and this is the way to have eternal life, to know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, the one you sent to earth. So you can have eternal life like Jesus prayed by putting your faith in him. He died for your sins. He rose from the dead. He will come back one day and you can be a part of his eternal family by putting your faith in him. If you wanna do that, I would encourage you to do that right now. It's what Jesus prayed for. So if you want to ask Jesus into your heart to forgive you of your sins, just pray this prayer with me. You can pray it silently in your heart to God. Father, thank you for sending Jesus. Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. I give my life to you. I confess all my sins to you, everything I've done. Please wash me clean and make me new. Come into my heart. Give me new life today. And I'm asking for eternal life through you forever. Thanks for loving me, Jesus. I'm turning from my sins and I will do my best to love you back by the power of your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer today, you are an answer to Jesus' prayer. Isn't that cool? So if you did pray, I've prayed that prayer. Many people in this room have as well. So you're, you're among family now. And we want to celebrate with you. And I think there's something very powerful about acknowledging you did that. So if you prayed to receive Christ in your heart for the forgiveness of your sins, would you just lift up your hand and leave it up? Say, yep, that's me. I just asked Jesus into my heart. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Anybody else? Praise God all the way in the back. Anybody else? Praise God. Welcome. Welcome to the family. Amen. Welcome to the family. Amen. Yeah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. So proud of you. That moment right there, Jesus prayed would happen. You prayed would happen. And now you're living it out. If you did pray that prayer, uh, we'd, love to, we'd love to know about it. Mark on your connection card that you asked Jesus into your heart. Stop by the uh, guest services, ask for a devotional called 21. We wrote it specifically for you. It'll help you get you taking your next steps in Jesus and in the word. You need some help walking with Jesus and we'd love to give you that help. So stop by there, ask for one of those devotionals. Thank you guys so much for letting me share what was on my heart. I hope it was meaningful for you. I know it was for me. Uh, the Lord gave it to me. So it was for me first and then I shared it uh, with you. So uh, let me pray for you and then stay, stay seated if you would and still got a few closing remarks. God, thanks so much for your, just for the way your spirit works. Lord, you knew what I needed. You knew what our church needed and you moved me right into that. So Lord, if for anything, thanks for speaking to me. Lord, I pray what Jesus prayed for our protection. I pray for our joy. I pray for our holiness. And I pray for our unity. Unite us together by your spirit, God. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're new here, please stop by the living room on your way out. We'd love to see you over there. If you need prayer for anything in your life, we've got a great prayer team all the way in the back at the purple tent back there. They'll pray for whatever you got going on. They'll hang around as long as you need to. Uh, we'll continue the series next week. Love you guys. Thanks so much. You're dismissed.